Top of the morning to you folks. I wanted to talk today about a friend of mine who called yesterday and he was done with humanity. He said everyone is lying to him all the time. So I told him I agreed with him and that he was lying to himself. Well, if everybody was lying all the time, well, then certainly he must have been lying to himself. So I said you created an awareness on the issue. And the real issue was he was lying to himself. Now, as true as it is that others were lying to him, his awareness was the real truth here. Folks, you have to trust yourself before you can accept anyone else bringing you truth or lies into your world. Don't waste your time on things you cannot control. Focus on your truths, and the positive energy will not only generate from your awareness, but it'll become infectious too. And I mean infectious in a good way. Now let's get this party started. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now let's play hard. to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. It is hump day today. Woohoo, finally. Doing the Humpty Hump in a Burger King bathroom. I don't know what that means, but I like it and I want to hear more. (laughs) What was his name? Digital Underground. That was the name of the band. Wow. Humpty Hump, man. Yeah, that's right, man. That's taking it back. Samoans do the Humpty Hump. That's some good stuff there. Oh, boy, I love me some good old digital <laughs> throwback for you in the Wednesday morning. Going to bust a move here in just a oh. moment. Hey, oh, all right. Well, <laughs> yesterday we had on Kyle Barnoff with Trigger Energy, and he brought out, what did he say? Trigger. He goes, you ever hear of the hammer test? Of course, I had to break out, break it down. Hammer right, time. Right, yeah. Too legit. Little MC Too there. Too legit to frack. Didn't work out. <laughs> terrible, terrible. So, folks, how you doing? This is the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. It is a Wednesday, and we're just feeling kind of wacky today because, yeah. quite honestly, Sterling is going a thousand miles his direction because he's got like a real job in the real estate world. He just <laughs> does this part-time because he grew up on a oil base in Saudi Arabia known as Dahran, which... How many people lived in that oil camp? Uh, probably about 15,000 or so. Yeah. Only yeah it's fit, a nice little know, city. Golf course. Golf course, snack bars, hobby farm for your horses. I love the fact that the teachers track. and the groundskeeper are oil and gas employees. Yep. Every one of them drew a check from Saudi Aramco. I love that. Isn't that great? Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Your teacher, which school district? Saudi Aramco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a pretty sweet gig, too, man. You're talking essentially free housing. I would imagine that would vacations. be yeah. better than the. Uh, you know the the uh, charter school private jobs that yeah. are so sought after. Mm-hmm. Not the not the boarding school religious schools. Yeah. No, the one that you know is Donald Trump's son runs. Right. Like that. Exactly. Like that teaching yeah. job. Right. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be up there with those, <laughs> I'd imagine. So. Well, you know, at one point they did replace all the buses on the camp from regular buses that had been Greyhounds to BMW buses. Get out of town. Kid you not. Each kid's got their own lazy boy. There's no, there's no benches. Oh, those were cozy seats, oh, man. man. Those were cozy. Well, that's what they have in a lot of, you know, the N- NBA and yeah. Major League Baseball. This is more Major League like. Baseball, this was, actually. This was like a VIP bus. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, it's like when Motley Crue comes to town, exactly. right? Yeah, damn Always right. Checking under the seat, see if there's a bottle of booze or a joint or something. You see, know. again, 
the oil and gas companies should be commended, commended for literally proving that they believe the children are our future. Totally. That, that Keeping us safe, man, in a BMW bus. They would treat them like rock stars. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's where you invest your money, right? In the safety of children. Yeah. The comfort of children. These things were tanks. On my school bus growing up, when we lived out in the country in mm-hmm. Candy, Ohio County, Woo! I'm not even sure there was floorboards. Nah. Now, well, they had to let you, in case you guys got stuck in the mud, be able to help out, right? Well, there was that family of possums that lived under there that we would feed. <laughs> that was okay. And so, folks, this has been a uh, tremendous week. We're trying to get caught up. More and more interviews coming from the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. And, you know, coming up a little bit later in the program, we've got our daily radio show oh, update that right, airs on the, on the podcast. The well, we got a week- on the podcast. Well, we got a weekly show that's on the radio. Our, our weekly sixty minutes CBS sixty minutes week in review style show right. that what are we four hundred and ten episodes almost? So that's we almost been doing that tie right. Even though no one can see, yeah, it's radio. Yeah, so yeah, I wear a tie. Yeah, you wear a tie. Yeah, I wear exactly. a nice tie, yeah. tuxedo. Oh, it's, sometimes. Yeah. What are you a farmer? It's not after six. <laughs> And so we have that. Uh, Harold Ham's going to be on today's a little nice. bit later on. Yeah. Yeah. You were mentioning a little bit before the show about some of the things he was talking about. Can you give us a little All teaser? Right, so I want to just talk a little bit little about tease. the shale play profit. Okay. We joked about that, about how I've just been saying things that industry would get really mad at me about. Mm-hmm. And then I would say things and then a few people would kind of start trolling me online about and saying I don't know anything that has to do with science and oil and gas. And, oh, look at that. I'm right again. <laughs> and I'm not a big I told you so guy. Right. Okay. But? But I got to do this one. That's good. I got to do this one. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember? I, I, I don't even know if Joe Biden had got elected yet. I think it was the day he got elected. I can't remember Do, that do you remember back. what I compared him to? What I said his presidential yeah, run is going to be like? Carter. It's going to be like, Okay. Yeah, it's but I remember be you like, called who? it out as a Carter, Jimmy Carter. And who's Jimmy Carter? Well, he was the president at one point. Was okay. 42nd, 43rd, I don't Jimmy know. Carter. Yeah. Harold Hamm got up at the Williston Basin Conference in front of the thousands of people that attended. Mm-hmm. And not only did little old crude life get ahead of the curve on the climate tax and mirror exactly what Continental Resources and DEPA, Domesticated Energy Producers Alliance, had said. That's a mouthful. But Harold Hamm gets up there and says, I know some of you are probably too young to know who Jimmy Carter is, mm-hmm. but Joe Biden is the next Jimmy Carter. I will say in Jimmy Carter's defense that we'd be lucky to have somebody live that long and build a bunch of houses for people now, after he's out of office. Am, am, am I just reading the tea leaves right? Or do you think Harold Hamm is listening to the crude life? I'm thinking maybe he's taking some notes from the show here. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. The amount of people that came up to me and said... We listened to the show every day was mind-boggling. Yeah. I honestly haven't had that since I was at KFGO, the number one station in the Midwest for 40 years. It's when I was executive producer at KFGO, I was like night and day. So you feel justified? It's nice to have some fans. Good show, justified. Yeah, and I do feel justified. You should, man. But it was, it's, it was always nice, you know, when they validate your crazy thoughts validate that's the word i'm really looking for yeah well because that guy knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. harold ham chairman of continental resources one of the most successful independent wildcatters in america who still believes you know in accountability out there mm-hmm. i was i was like whoa i gotta brag about that absolutely shale play profit right calling it before it happens man 
I did another shale play profit yesterday without even knowing it. Yeah. I do believe that that line five, there's going to be issue. There's no reason that that is making the news. You're talking about Governor Whitmer's line five in Michigan. In, in Michigan had where, where there's been no issue for 70 years, and all of a sudden, yeah. news story is there's going to be an issue one day. We got to yeah. stop it now. Don't pick on the pipe, man. The more I process that about how, no, the actual news story is this thing's been operating for 70 years. Right. There That's hasn't the been any structural integrity issues. Yeah. Yet the headline is. Oh my God! There's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. Is that where we we are well, now? You know what I hate to see. Is are the, we living in the are, are yes, the bartenders controlling the world? They're going to be going to be going to be. I don't All know. Right, that might now? actually be a better deal, right? Because they could start eighty six in people. Hey, you want to make a bartender pissed off? You order a brandy Alexander. Those suckers are contagious, and they hate making the energy drink or making the ice cream drinks. <laughs> All right, what were you going to say? I'm sorry to interrupt. Now you, you just totally threw my train of thought. Man. What are you thinking about a grasshopper? Now actually, I'm thinking about a margarita. Maybe at this a Point, slide. You know, they yeah. don't mind the margaritas as much. Well, they got to cut it, up it, all it, those it, strawberries themselves, yeah. though. Margarita on the rocks is okay. You yeah. start getting the blended daiquiris and you're pissing them off. <laughs> you order an ice cream drink at a busy restaurant. Boom. They, they, oh, they might come out yeah. and slap you silly because I'm Check telling you, for loogies. you, you order one. Oh, another table is going to get one, and then another table. Yeah, it's, and all of a sudden, if one person wants the grasshopper, and one person wants the mudslide, and one person wants the brandy Alexander, that poor bartender's got to wash every single time. Because they don't have three or four of those things no, behind there. No. And the ice cream is hard as a rock. Because, I mean, nobody ever 1952 was the right. last time somebody ordered right. it, and they use it for Mexican fried ice cream probably. It gets so hard. <laughs> Sounds like you're speaking from some experience. Here. I really like the play hard portion. Yeah, of this. me too. Because you could just go off on a it's whole boom, tangent. All of a sudden, we're talking about service workers and short order cooks and, and just end kitchen with life and Mexican fried ice cream, which is yeah, so good. Which is delicious, by oh, the way. Cornflakes or the uh, uh, cinnamon uh, uh, panko mixture? Panko. Is that, I'm the same that's way. That's mine. Yeah. I don't mind the cornflakes with the honey. I don't mind that, yeah. but I, I preferred the cinnamon one much better. All I know is that the authentic restaurants that I've worked at that have been Mexican, mm-hmm. that ice cream, you need you, you need a jackhammer. Right. Because it goes in the deep fryer. Yeah. Like, oh my word. Gets that shell to it. It's like when you make a creme brulee, you pick up the uh, brown sugar, and it's just a rock. Brown sugar. It's a rock of brown sugar, and then you've got to take the grater and grate it yeah. like cheese yeah. right over the top of the creme brulee. Get out your so nothing like a, like a propane torch in the right, kitchen, right? Propane torch, right over the top to give it that crispiness. Yeah. Oh, can't tell. I worked in a fine man. Dining. Geez, I'm, you're making me hungry and thirsty at I the same cookies. time, man. And all this from a pipeline discussion. See how we are. I prefer my pipeline discussions than what that governor in Michigan's doing. Hey, there's no issue. I'm going to abuse my office and my power and my access and say there's an issue. I hate what it, what bugs me is the the rhetoric that makes it sound like they just found an unexploded bomb and someone. That's what I'm. Down, that's what I'm right? saying. You know? I, I don't understand where this is coming from. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that. The, the, people are poking bears. Well, you know, I mean, it's they're it, just poking bears it, it, out there. It, it crosses. It crosses water, 
It's in it's in a reservation area, dude. It's international, so, well, right? It's international, so and it's, it's a reservation. It, it, exactly, I think oh. so, or at least it's you know it, that's that's, a, that's, that's a, where some of the that's the trifecta. That's the Belmont, the, I was the, the, the say, Kentucky Derby, and the Preakness. It, it really is everything in a bag of chips, man. <laughs> oh, <my> it's <laughs> you know. So if you're sitting there, if you're looking around, and you're you know you're a politically activist governor, and you're like, well, what can I do to stand out? You look at the map and you go, well, let's let's pick that spot because that'll piss everybody off. Which is a good transition, by the way, into one of the leadership qualities that we're going to discuss next week right here on The Crude Life. We're going to talk about the low-hanging fruit leadership that's going on right Man. now. You know those people that have been pointing out problems for 10 years mm-hmm. but never empowering the people that are bringing solutions? Yeah. See, they make their money... Making sure there's problems. Oh, that's the American industry. Oh, right that's now. a nonprofit industry right that's there. What? Just make sure that we constantly yeah. talk about the problem. Nonprofit didn't used to be that way. You got to remember that Blue Cross, Blue Shield, the mm-hmm. the, the uh, medical insurance was started by the church. Blue Cross, Blue Shield. It was yeah. the it was I believe it was the deacons or the bishops. I believe it was the bishops okay. who did it. Well, you remember the first form of, of uh, healthcare was passing the hat around church, right? John's family, he had a hysterectomy, and they can't afford it because his employer is, you know, Monty Burns and greedy, so the church took care of it. Back then, too, you could, have, you, you could trade chickens, you know, for a surgery. Yeah, or something and you would have like asbestos that. on toast. Yeah, oh, that was so, good stuff, man. So good. A little chewy. <laughs> Cleans Stick, you out on the inside, though. your teeth, but yeah, man. Oh, it's like pectin from an apple. Woo! Just, Woo! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That'll get your bull running. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Actually, just the opposite. It'll keep your bull in. All right. See, and uh, what else? Oh, the low-hanging fruit leadership. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, we're, and we're going to cite some examples. It's pretty easy right now. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, uh, females. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about females. So just right out of the gate, get, uh, get upset. But okay. we, we've been talking about this for a while. Well, I just came from the Williston Basin Conference, and... Mm-hmm. Outside of Kathy Nessett and the gal from Canada, I don't think there was anybody. Oh, Grimstead, I guess, from Mineral Tracker. Uh, I think there was three women just in the panel leadership. The rest were men. Yeah. Okay. But when you go to the national level, Energy Secretary, mm-hmm. EPA, that's two women. Yep. Okay. Who's making the news for the governors against the oil and gas? Yeah. AOC and the governor of Michigan. Who's against it? Christy Nome. Mm-hmm. She's another woman. Right. Who's the one who's in transition to maybe not figure out what they want to do, but we're going to at least transition? Occidental. Yeah. She's a woman. Mm-hmm. When you take a look at all of the movement that's happening right now in oil and gas, according to the social movement, it's all led by women. It's definitely being driven. By so them. if you're a woman in leadership right now and you're still asking the question, why isn't anybody doing more for women out there? Maybe you got to look in the mirror and say, you should do more for women because there's a ton of women out there doing fantastic stuff. Absolutely. Oh, look at little old Jenica. Yeah. Three, I was just thinking about three the months examples, ago. Yeah. She was getting laid off from, you know, COVID yeah. her husband getting laid off because coal and, and uh, oil and gas ain't doing nothing out in Wyoming right now. So, yeah. We, we present her with a part-time opportunity. And she she still getting ran. turns that part-time <laughs> opportunity into getting Mike Pompeo, Christy yeah. Craddock, becoming a day of national news because she's the one who asked the climate tax. I don't know if she got cited much, but at least she was the one that created that news. Yeah, exactly. I don't think any woman's leadership has given her the time of day. 
they should be reaching out to her, I would imagine. Yeah, she's ready say, to start her own network. Hey, you've done really well in the last few months in oil and gas. Mm-hmm. All we've been doing is posting pictures of people drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all it is. It's social. Yeah. It's social picks. Who can drink more? Well, it's keeping up with the Joneses. Like it's, you said. it's unbelievable the last few months how LinkedIn has turned into Facebook and Facebook has turned into LinkedIn. It's really remarkable. It's an interesting transition. I still don't know anything about LinkedIn. Well, we got Don, you got Donald Trump's new platform coming. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I got a text from him today. Woo! I love my text from Donald Trump. Well, didn't Melanie just text you the other day to personally ask you to sign his birthday card? She did. Oh, she did. This is fabulous. Okay. Can you hook me up? She Can never I text do, do, do me? Do you want anymore? me to read the Trump uh, text? Oh, I love this. Please. Folks, just so you know, here's how this started. Was, I never get these. Uh, Brad, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Brad, okay, who just moved down to Tucson. He's the voice guy. Yeah, the I know. Sam Elliott guttural, yep. worked in radio a long time, smoked three packs of cigarettes a day, Brad. Yep, long hair hippie Brad. I believe it's his son uh-huh. who works for the Federal Reserve in Chicago. Ooh, that's shady. Who signed me up for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> and then somebody Text. bought all of Bernie's stuff. Well, because right? I, I used to joke that, you know, as whenever politics would get into the mix and somebody drags me into it. Listen, I'm an old school Republican, what's known as like a Goldwater Republican. Mm-hmm. Government, stay out of my checkbook. Government, stay out of my personal life. Yep. But I'm going to do the ethical thing, and I'm going to also make sure that there's roads and cops and firemen. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that type that now that's a libertarian. Yeah. So I guess I identify more with libertarians, yeah, and so absolutely. that's just what I always bring out in political discussions. People leave you alone pretty quick. Yeah, usually. Yeah, usually you're the leper, really fast right. in the group. <laughs> oh, he's a libertarian. Let's go over there. Okay, yes. good. More shrimp for me. Okay. So anyway, so we always joke that you know Bernie Sanders and Ron Paul, who are two completely separate ideologicals yeah. right when it comes to the political spectrum but like a positive negative on a battery they're essential to each other but they're the closest to mm-hmm. connecting with the average person on like say gun laws and marijuana yeah. laws and right to life and like the most controversial things they're so black and white and it has to do with so much accountability on both sides mm-hmm. That it's so funny how they connect it almost you know god that would be kind of like a dream ticket right <laughs> Paul I've actually Sanders. thought I of mean, that. Seriously, you, you almost need that kind of. You do like a libertarian Green Party, yeah. or a socialist libertarian party, and say, "You never thought it would happen." Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant on the same ticket, folks. <laughs> it's the mega powers collide. Uh, but okay, here's the the text from Trump. I got. I'm sorry, Melanie. Melanie Trump. Melina. Melena. Melena. Oh, you got it from Melania. Melania. <laughs> I I thought it was Melanie, and then I had to. So, Melania. Former first lady. That's a great name, Melania. It is. Melania Trump, colon. That's how you know it's important. Okay. I need your help. Donald's, look at that, first name basis. It's yeah. not Mr. Trump anymore. No, it's not president. You're already in. It's not daddy. It's you're Donald. already in. Melania Trump, colon. I need your help. Donald's birthday is June 14th. Coming up. And ampersand and she's all about saving time That's, yeah, and characters. <laughs> I want to surprise him with a card signed by you. All caps. You nice. Add your name now. Wait, and then something bit lie. Add your name. I thought from you. I mean, how personalized it is. If you're adding your name, you should be able to send an individual card, right? 
Do you think that you can get them to call somebody on their birthday yet? Like you can screech. Oh or, man, I'll like, check out on Cameo and Mr. see if they're Belding there. Mr. Belding from, right? uh, yeah. from uh, what's the name of that screech show? Zach Morris. Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, where <laughs> these uh, 70s and 80s actors, you can yeah. like pay them 50 bucks and they'll it's call. Like I think or, screech died. He did die, he didn't did he? Die. He yeah. Did. So he if you can, if you have to pay fifty bucks to talk to him, give me a call. We'd like to hear that conversation. That would be interesting, right? After the grave ones, where you pay, and it's just some pre-recorded stuff. Dude, and they we got to get the travel channel and, on this, and they're like random, right? It's just you don't know what yeah. you're getting. It might be grandma. It might be Bob. It's like right? the it's, uh, magic eight ball. <laughs> you just you <laughs> ask it a question, and good. <laughs> comes in nothing. Ouija board the show. Nothing close to what you asked, but <laughs> made sense in yeah. the moment. So we did get a text there, but I think it's funny because it started with Bernie Sanders Mm -hmm. as a joke. Right. Well, then it got sold to some North Dakota, Minnesota, and Democratic Party who then sold it or stole it to the Republican Party of the Minnesota, North Dakota faction, Mm -hmm. who then... Went to I, I can't even remember who it went to after that. Anyway, it ended Six up with Trump. Six degrees of separation. Here, I love man. the fact that it started with Bernie Sanders and it ended with Donald Trump. It's really? so funny to me. It actually that says a lot about the whole country. That's America, baby. That is. That, it, is. that, that says me in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, well, really, it's that you know, is because they try to put us in these little boxes. But really, it's not as simple as that. You know? No, and in, in, in all reality, I I love this because it says America. You start by somebody inserting the planet of platitudes into your life, but in the end, you got to live in the realm of reality. heard on the crude life morning show play hard work hard is by the moody river band interested in becoming a sponsor email studio at the crude life The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by... Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to gam.ai. That's Great American Mining, gam.ai. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. 
Trust, First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome back to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. We are... Wacky Wednesday, man. Back here in the Industrial Forest Studios. I grab myself a water because as the temperature gets a little bit warmer, the coffee starts to go away more. Yeah, I've noticed. And, it's just uh, not as appealing when it's 85 degrees and humid outside. No. Yeah. No, it's just not. It's not. That's maybe, one iced tea, man. Maybe I'll get one of those uh, Brandy Alexanders the next time I go to a restaurant. And I don't know. Make what that the bartender is. all oh, happy. Just, you're just still on. <laughs> Somebody must have pissed you off when you tended bar. No, when we worked at well, when I worked at uh, the fine dining place. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just anyone who's ever worked in a bar knows what I'm talking I, about. I've not. It wasn't fine dining. It was a bowling alley slash restaurant that I worked at, but. Uh, which is fine dining in some towns. You could drop it in a deep fryer. Indiana. And, yeah, and yeah. throw it in a pizza oven. It was good. But what would kill me is you'd get these guys that would roll in like 10 minutes before close, and they're drunk, and they want a T-bone steak, which is, of course, frozen solid, right? Totally. So you're trying to figure out a way to cook a T-bone steak in under an hour. Nice. <laughs> which Tim will do. There's always a cook named Tim oh, with a mustache. Man, you just hit it. Well, I learned you hit it in the deep fryer real quick. <laughs> and press it on the flat top, man. <laughs> hey, by the way, I did want to mention the Shale Energy Resources trade show that we have coming up. We're going to be down making our way, you know, down to the... That is June... 9th and 10th. 9th and 10th. So already scheduled. We've got Ron Gusick. He's the uh, president and CEO of Liberty Oilfield Services. Mm-hmm. We have the mayor of Midland... Patrick Payton. We also have the president and the membership chair of the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners, Mr. Derek Clark and Adam Perkins. And we got the big dog himself, Jim Wright. Jim Wright, Texas Texas Railroad Railroad Commission. And we also got some students, I believe, that are going to be coming by as well. So we've got a nice... uh, Nice, uh, what's it? What's the uh, word? Cross section. Smorgasbord. Strata of. Smattering. Sm- I think smorgasbord works if you're up here. But if you go down south, it's more like, um, I don't know. It's Buffet? The, it's the brisket. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's the burn ends. It's a variety. Pa- it's, a variety. It's, a, it's a variety plate. Yeah, We're getting filled up, though. I might, I, before I even leave this studio, I might have the whole week booked up. And you're still releasing stuff from the last show. And we booked another event, too. Oh, really? 
The Sunday before on the 6th. Do we have to dress up as clowns again? No, you're not going. Okay, good. I know. I wish you could go, actually. Um, it gets boring on the road sometimes yeah. by myself. You talk a lot to your Frackleberry, I know. And so we're, uh, we're going to be in OKC. OKC. Oklahoma City. Nice. We're going to be joining forces with Matt Hill and Ken Lavin to do a Sunday night recording. Okay. A three for one because they, they've got their own podcast they okay. do. And uh, they've got another one, a new one out where they're talking energy. I think they call it the Talking Energy Show. Okay. It's one of those, I think, so where. Roll down there, cut an album. It's one of those where you come up with a name and, oh, we'll come up with a better yep. name later. <laughs> then it never happens. Right. That's the Talking Energy yeah. Show. It's, <laughs> it's Johnny Karate. You know, that's how he got it. It's Magic Guitar Stick, Music Stick. Untitled. Yep. So we've added that down in OKC. And then we'll be in uh, Midland, and then we're going to be doing some industrial forest stuff down there as well. Then we're going to make our way back, and then we'll be at the Bakken Barbecue. So, busy times, man. Busy times, but... uh, You'll be taking your uh, electric car down that way? Talking with Jeff Kennedy, who's in charge of the Shale Resources, uh, Shale Energy Resources trade show. And we were just talking about how... um, all the money that goes to to these nonprofits mm-hmm. and how these volunteers aren't taking a dime and all these people running different things aren't taking a dime and up at the Bach and barbecue the girls were just on Jackie Jenkin and mm-hmm. Tiffany Steiner the co-founders they were just on statewide K Fire television K Fire television the Love that name it's the Triple Towers of Power. Ooh, no, yeah. actually, that's KFGO. 100,000 volts of scorching truth. I think they just call it the big stick. Anyways, <laughs> um, you know, in the nine years, we've been able to raise a half a million dollars. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. How much did you get? I, you know, actually, we were talking about it, uh, Tiffany, Jackie, and um, myself, about how I bet we've each put over $1,000 of our own money in just in gas and hotels and... Billable time, just, man. Yeah, no, no, not even billable time. No, but time. I'm saying just, just in time spent. Just in actual tangible receipts yeah. and that we don't even think twice about. Well, I mean, all of a sudden you pick up $40 in Starbucks mm-hmm. or Dairy Queens and Brigham. Yeah. You're not spending that 40 bucks if it's not because of the barbecue, right? right. And just yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. We, Incidentals. Yeah, and we're, we're not... We're not billing $1,000 back to the nonprofit to make money on it like some other people do. I was going to say, you're doing it wrong, man, because that's the way it seems to work, man. And not only that, but this year, we had to run it up the flagpole again, as I always do. Well, I have for the last five years, ever since I slowly got up in my soapbox. We just had to make sure Make-A-Wish hadn't gone out and endorsed Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or... Mm -hmm. You know, against fossil fuel and Greta and the climate change and AOC. Did they ever endorse? Oh, no. no I wouldn't think no, so. No, they have not. That's um, a non-political organization. I assumed. It's kids, damn it. Well, I assume because of the kids, but also because of the WWE. Well, yeah, I mean. I mean, you got The Rock, Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan. John Cena is number one. Mm-hmm. John Cena is number one. Roman Reigns is number two. The Rock is number three. Hulk Hogan's number four in terms of Make-A-Wish uh, asks. Asks. Okay, yeah. and then I think like a monster truck is five or the right. president is five. Yeah, I haven't know. gotten a call yet. Have so, you? Oh, we're, we're below, I believe, Gary Coleman's dog. Oh, right. <laughs> Which, surprisingly, is pretty high up. Right, so. yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty spry. I mean, he can do things I can't do. I'm not like a fancy so, dog. 
Uh, I assume no, but we, we just had to check. Yeah. We just had to check because this is another segment of that leadership known as carpet bagging. Right. Remember the old carpet bagger? Yeah. Well, people don't know what that is. Well, Jeff Kennedy from Shell, Shell Energy Resources and I, we, should, we were talking about that because he was talking about the same thing that we were talking about with the Bach and Barbecue about, man, it's just when you have time to process mm-hmm. all the time and energy that goes in and then you just turn it around yeah. and, and you almost put extra money on it just to make sure nobody's pointing fingers at you. Yeah. You you know, it, at the end of the day, you're in the yeah. hole, you know, I mean, but, but you're doing it because it's something you like to do. And that's where it comes down yeah. to. It's that when, when he goes into a town and does these trade shows, when we go into do the Bach and barbecue, we're not spouting the ideals of what the town wants to hear. Take the money and go. Right. You know, that's the monorail yeah, guy from just, the Simpsons. I just thinking you need a monorail. That's the, <laughs> was it the, the music man, right? That's the old I 50s, so. 60s. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. it's, I, I read about it in uh, music or in um, uh, theater history class, not uh, movie history class. Okay. Yeah. That's um, been relevant in life. C- cinema in college. It was, oh, a, yeah, they called it cinema in college. It was cinema history class. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to take that. Yeah. Just sit around and watch old right. movies. Yeah. And we didn't watch The Music Man, but they talked about the Simpsons episode with the monorail conductor (laughs) and how that was a spoof on The Music Man, which is the guy, P.T. Barnum, goes from town to town. Hey, look at me. It's the magic elixir. It's the snake oil salesman. Pickpocketing money the whole way because you have absolutely no intention of actually living up to the ideals that you just spouted out. And we seem to be not only embracing that, in general, I see in business, but like um, empowering it, you know? And so, yeah, we just ran up the flagpole again. Well, I'll get Humane Society. There's an example. In 2016, they came out for the first time ever and endorsed Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. because they called Donald Th- Trump the worst threat ever to the planet. Well, that's a pretty aggressive statement. It doesn't leave you a lot of wiggle room. And then they came out and endorsed Joe Biden and Kamala. Mm-hmm. So here the Humane Society who everybody thinks is this loving, doting, you know, let's help the animals. No, they're political. Yeah, but again, you know, you figure 98% of the people that are part of the Humane Society, the volunteers, the the minimum wage people, you know, generally they're not in it for the politics, right? I would hope That's the problem is the disconnect in the, quote, leadership that we see is this idea that they're running their own agenda. It's like looking at big media, right? And that's why we're going to do this leadership podcast. We had probably 20 people minimum. Come up to the booth at the Crude Life booth, mm-hmm. booth nine eleven, emergency response station <laughs> at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. They said, "When are you going to do this leadership uh, yeah. series?" Because th- they want to hear about the realities as we see them with examples. Now that, like I just mentioned, the Humane Society, yeah. Make a Wish, and in the last segment, the, the female. Uh, empowerment or crab uh, crab buckets another one we'll talk about that tomorrow no i'm curious about crab buckets so let me ask you these are mostly ceos that are asking you about this right about leadership. you know honestly they're they're business owners okay they're so, they're, they're well, not they're, ceos well, I was if, gonna if, say, they, if they're a ceo they're a ceo president owner right they ha- yeah. if they have a ceo it's like, somebody who works for them like you right somebody who has less than five employees yeah but but you know has to make a lot of decisions i've got 20 if I can count fingers and toes and you notice I had to do the math because I'm not sure how many toes I have I have the toes that I have obviously you're not in agriculture you have 18 yeah I've still got 
I don't think I ever hit a Thanksgiving where I didn't have a family member missing one appendage right. on my farming it side of the family. It makes for stories, right? Well, they all, you know. I think it's profound, though, that you're at this this event, which in itself really is a leadership event. If right. it's not, I mean, it's not maybe sold that way, but it's attended by leaders. They're asking you, Jason, when can we hear more about leadership? Well, they need that someone. Makes a, that makes an impact. On I, I know that, but I, I and I, I appreciate the compliment, but at the same time, they also are throwing me under the bus a little bit because they need someone to point out the elephant in the room. Yeah. You know, well, that's what it sounds like yeah. to me is it's it, because clearly they know about leadership. They're there yeah. and they've built that. But what? it's it's that where are we going next? It goes back to the shale play profit type of stuff is they mm-hmm. want somebody else to say the bad news. Right. And then they can poo paw around it and then come around and have their, you know, they can troll me publicly and this moment. Exactly. Make fun of me yeah. and. Get all snarky. We just need to find a way scenes. to really monetize that role you play because you do play it well. We just need to. <laughs> I don't know if it's black market or Bitcoin on the side or. Well, maybe it's uh, something along the lines of uh, you know individual sponsorship. How about plant a tree with us? Plant some trees, build some forests. Or I've actually be been sponsor. I've actually been toying after the Williston Basin Conference. The amount of people that came up to the booth that listened to the show mm-hmm. it was so humbling. I actually looked at Sean Forbes and I said, there are so many people, I want to monetize this. Yeah. Like $99 annual sponsorship will give you this $50 stainless steel crude life, right. you know, th- this this travel tumbler, yeah. maybe throw in a t-shirt so all we make is 10 bucks well, on it Well, it's not something. even why, you, I mean, that wasn't the intent. You're always looking for new sponsors, but that wasn't really what you were expecting. And it's like you, you showed up and there was more interest than you really knew what to do with. Like you I said, you weren't I, sure how to monetize that. I yet. was humbled. Yeah. Like there were people on the air that said, we listen to you every day. Like one guy said it was his dream to be on the crude life. Now that was obviously a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah. that's what the words were out of his mouth. Clearly they're stalking you. And these are people that are not in a correctional facility that are required to listen to us. They're doing it of their own free will. Absolutely. Love so it, like I said, it was very humbling to, yeah. to uh, be a part of that because you know, well, since you joined the, the conversation, you've allowed a real ability for the conversation to become real because, for one, you've never worked in oil and gas. Yep. So you bring a perspective. I and, and by the way, you, you live in Fargo, which is the boulder of Colorado and the Austin of Texas. So you live in the blue. <laughs> There's like three cities in North Dakota. That, that's this one, huh? Well, Austin? F- Fargo, like, right, we, like yeah. we talked to that guy from Thunder Coffee where they yeah. get the Fargo wrinkle. That's oh, right. you worked in oil and gas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you grew, if you told people you grew up in an oil and gas compound, they'd either escort you out of the party or you'd all of a sudden be a zoo animal and they'd be like, oh, they'd look at you like, you know, you were a monkey It just leads to lots of questions. I don't even bring it up except people like you. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's some really interesting thing. I just like the fact that you have more of a respect for the industry than actually people who work in it. Well, That's you know, what I find interesting. It just comes from growing up around it and all of my opportunities coming from it. And obviously, traveling around the world, you see how it's essential well, because you've lived your whole life with it, yeah. As opposed to somebody who's just getting into it, who's telling everybody about the platitudes. Well, the you probably ran into this on the ag side, right? Is you saw how the literal sausage was made, right? Okay, and most yeah. people they like their truth, whether it's processed meat or how they think about where gas comes from, in a nice clean package. But when you live around it and you see how it's done, you appreciate it more. Yeah, what I basically learned about ag, honestly, is that. Um, for some reason, 
And there's a lot of politics. Why? Oh, sure. But I'm just going to say for some reason, and you can insert in your own head the reason why, (laughs) when it comes to ag, if you grew up in an ag community, and and I'm not sure if oil and gas is this way. I have absolutely no idea. There's probably some similarity. I'm sure there is. They're going to be unique. But I'm sure there is in Silicon Valley with tech. Yeah. And I'm sure there, whatever your dominant industry is, I'm sure there's looking the other way all the time. Okay. But in ag, it really was eye-opening to me because year after year, ag like has the most deaths. I mean, it had traditionally had the most deaths at a workplace between some sort of equipment like an auger. I mean, my my neighbor died and nobody found him for two days when I was a kid because was it uh, machine yeah, accident a, sp- a spring from an or? auger went out and it just it, it hit him in the gut and it bled him out in thirty seconds. By the time he even knew what was going on, yeah, forty-five year old guy. You know, like that. And just go, I you hear know. about those types of stories, but I never hear about like how much. What I have read, though, is that a lot of farmers, you know, heart attacks, things right. like that. Right. Because overstressed, overworked, you know, back in the three wheeler days. Yeah. Don't even want to tell you how many oh, times geez, how many those, those were not recorded, though, as farming. Yeah. OK. You've got farmers that have rolled over by the culverts. OK. So those are auto act. That's what I'm saying. There's even ways to where it, it should be worse than it is. Right. But there, there was ways to say, oh, no, that's a covid related death. So they just put it in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where that joke came about, like yeah. everything is covid related. So just put it in that pile. You know, part of the maybe part of the problem and, and this kind of sounds messed up. But, you know, so many of the industries like coal, like um really any of these major industries are dangerous there's you know there's there's whether you're on an assembly line yeah, whether you're working in dangerous. agriculture whether you're digging underground walking your doggy is dangerous right but i mean nowadays most of us have jobs most of us that don't that don't have that day-to-day chance of something happening that you're thinking about yeah you could get struck by a bolt out of the blue if or something you, like that but if you work in an office or a commercial building which would be a restaurant yeah you have zero chance of dying almost okay it's very very probably under 10 percent at least yeah, okay i think so it would be like yeah. an asteroid would hit you yeah, type of a right. thing Lottery now okay costs. now as, as you get to light industry where you use words like going to the shop instead of office mm-hmm. well okay now the percentage yeah. goes up a little yeah. bit more there's you and there's moving machinery exactly <laughs> and, and you know forklifts and yeah. pallet oh pallet jack fell on the foot you yeah. know whatever it might be something fell off of the you know top shelf of the the warehouse type yeah. so as that happens you start having more workplace accidents etc farmers they fix their own stuff mm-hmm. So all of a sudden a jack goes out and, you know, or they're putting a fuse in, in the house, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really a little bit of everything. They're a master electrician. That's why I'm saying it's kind of messed up, but I think we're missing something by not having. Well, the oil and gas worker was the same way. They had to run a wells pad, you know, a a well pad out in in the middle of nowhere. At least the farmer had a windmill. Right. (laughs) He got a little bit of power. Had a cow. Yeah. Oxen and a yoke. (laughs) See, that's what I've always loved about oil and gas. Living in Saudi Arabia, you'd see it. You're talking about literally nowhere. It's a desert. And they would bring, my father was in communication, so they would bring the infrastructure and the logistics to turn it from nowhere into a refinery, right? Or to a well, or in the case of Dahran, they turned a desert into a, a, it's a town, you know? So it's amazing to see what we can do when we decide we want to do something. Hoover Dam, you know, we were talking about the other day, I was just thinking of that to where almost the oil and gas rigs, uh, Tiffany Wilson with Gulf Shore, she 
just sent me a text the other day about uh, her first rig up with her new company, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I just remember thinking about my first experience with one of these rig ups. And, and for me, it was the walking well site, the well pad, where you, these things walk mm-hmm. like it's some sort of Matt Damon Titan AD movie. <sighs> Was that the name of the movie? The Iron Giant, that, maybe? Uh, you anyway, were a couple of references. But it, yeah. it just reminded me of some giant transformer, transformer right? Type That's of what thing. I'm thinking. Just, it's just walking with yeah. these hydraulic legs, and it it's a modern marvel. Oh, it is a oh, modern yeah. marvel, yeah. and there's no other way to put it. And so, to me... That's the closest thing to the Hoover Dam I think we're going to get to. And we don't like to see industry. We put it offshore. We, I mean, we, we don't like to have it around because of, I mean, there's so many reasons, but we, we distance ourselves from how everything else works. Well, Why we're able to sit here in a temperature-controlled room with lights? Because people are working in an office, yeah. in their home, mm-hmm. in light commercial. People in shops are not even working in shops anymore. Just a couple guys go to the shop now. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe the office manager once a week just to get out of the house. Right. I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah. that, this is the new reality people are dealing with here. It's true, man. Well, Starbucks ain't open, so we better go there. Right. I, I, is Starbucks No, actually, open? they are open. And they are? They're doing, okay. they're doing uh, no mask requirements in town, too. What, yeah. what, do, you, what do you mean, um, no mask requirements? So, uh, Walmart? No mask Aldi. requirements. What I've read is, if you have been vaccinated... Of course, there's nobody out there checking. But if you've been vaccinated, you're no longer required to wear a mask. If you oh, haven't I don't been like vaccinated, this. they're asking this you is to sneaky. wear a mask. You see what this is, right? I have no idea. Shale play profit time. Oh, dun dun dun! It starts out this way. Uh-huh. Well, pretty soon after the public debate, well, somebody should be checking, right? Because why? What are we just trusting people? You know, I mean, you see where it's going, right? right and then right. all of a sudden, the where's your papers comments are coming out. And you just can't make some people happy, though, because that's the thing is that every time the restrictions get released or relinquished somewhat, then what I start to hear is this pushback where they're like, oh, but that's because they want us to do this. And it's like, well, at what point are you happy? Maybe we should all take a, a page out of Post Malone and have, have like a, a tattoo of a, a C put on our. Oh, I like that idea. Put on her cheek. I think a brand is perfect. Or maybe a V, like a V v for vaccine, right? You know, then it would be like a letter. That'd be cool. Maybe we could get it scarlet in color. See, but that'd be probably too easy to to forge. You'd have to do something like... Like a scarlet letter? uh, I'm thinking more like a UPC tattoo. Oh, that would be... Right? I watched X-Files back in the day. Not sure. (laughs) Like I said, man, every day... you're talking like a a UPC tattoo? Yeah, and every day we worry about that stuff, I will remind you, we're carrying around the best surveillance device voluntarily that's ever been manufactured. Which has never been proven doesn't cause cancer. Right. Which is your cell phone. do it happily. That is absolutely (laughs) hilarious, though. When you think about it, really, the cell phone may be public enemy number one to the human race it might be not just because of what it can give you it's the biggest polluter of the planet it distracts our attention probably caused more divorces and snapchat uh, sex videos than ever right about a productivity bomb oh but i'm just telling you the the amount of problems that have come out of that that might be the downfall of the human race is the cell phone baby (laughs) the smartphone right there but it's what it gives us access to we better do a quick news here we're we're gonna start talking about news weren't we all right coming out of texas this is actually listen to this this comes from car and driver.com 
Oh, they're getting in the climate they're getting change. In the is this game. a climate change? Eh, kind of. Check this one out. This is good. Texans, this is a headline, Texans may have to pay 200 to $400 a fee for driving an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. Since EV are no longer helping the state out with a gasoline tax, legislators are working on a new way to collect from those vehicle owners. So America's current system where roads and other vehicle infrastructure projects are paid for in part from gas taxes obviously can't survive in a world where everyone drives an electric vehicle. There is no single, obviously, best solution to modernize the situation, but in Texas, the issue has resulted in some Republicans coming out in favor of tax hikes. So this is Senate Bill 1728 in the Texas State Senate would raise fees on electric vehicle owners as a way to make up for the gas they're not paying gas tax they're not paying the legislation would require an annual ev fee of between 190 and 240 dollars this is going to be another uh horse out of the barn this is going to be a very difficult thing here because first and foremost um i do believe there are some states that will charge you like ten thousand dollars when you go register your ev car so, they calculate how many miles you're going to drive, 10,000 miles. It's based on value, too, isn't it? And, and uh, new yeah, but it's whatever. based on the amount of miles because you're not buying gas. Oh, oh that's something they factor into. Right. Oh, okay. And because you're not buying gas, yeah. you're still tearing up the roads. Yeah. In fact, you might be worse on the roads. So, they need you to pay for the roads still. So, some states, I know... They get it that at that point. They, 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 get, it, they get it right yeah. there. Okay. This worries me though because this is like double taxation. So this is where we're going to get into the sticky wicket yeah. and the horse out of the barn here because what they're talking about here, I believe, is the same thing that we're do, we're doing in Minnesota, where in Minnesota they're doing an electric fuel tax. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is basically it's it's the amount of five point one cents per kilowatt is what they're going to charge on top of your. I, I, whatever they charge you. Okay. Yeah. And so about that. it's it's a gas tax, yeah. but it's an electric tax. So they're trying to, I guess, do it that way. Is that what they're talking about in Texas? Well, here they're talking about at least initially is that it would come out, it would apply to about three hundred thousand vehicles, and it would start September. And it sounds like it would be a direct tax, right? So it would be an annual fee. Was that the two hundred dollar one? Uh, yeah. The one. Yeah, uh, it's two hundred to four hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. About now. Is yeah. it, does it say 200 to 400? It doesn't. That is absolutely hilarious because the headline said 200. I remember it yesterday. <laughs> that is a sneaky trick that the media does. That's that one I tell you it's about. range, man. No, no, no. It's, they got, they, if, if they want it to be bad, they'd say 400. Right. But they want it to be favorable, so they say 200. 200. Okay? It's like when crime happens in downtown, mm-hmm. they say it's north or south. Right. Very rarely does crime happen in downtown. Economic development happens in downtown. downtown. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, the only story you want to hear out of downtown is how clean it is and how the crime's going Oh, it's down. positive. Right. It's, there's no crime in downtown. Yeah. It's only in north or south parts of town. Exactly. Or at Kenny's house, Soda Sopa. Oh, man, that Kenny. Kenny's district. <laughs> well, here they're That's talking an annual EV fee of between $190 and $240 and an additional fee of over $150 for anyone who drives their EV more than 9,000 miles a year. So it sounds like what they're doing is similar to what you were talking about from Colorado, where they're coming out, or that registration. But you know what I would worry so about is you're paying for the electricity to charge the vehicle. Do you want to go a step further? And you're paying for that tax Do you want already. to go a step further? I we're do. talking about Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about Texas. It gets big in Texas with the EV vehicles. Mm-hmm. 
So they're going to come out and they're going to say, well, we're going to charge you two to $400 if you're going to have an EV vehicle. And guess what the EV vehicle guy is going to say or girl is going to say? Okay, they're going to drive to Austin, Texas and fill out the form and get 1200 bucks back for having an EV vehicle. Oh. You see how this little scam works? It's a nice little cycle they oh, got. Oh, it's going unbelievable, on man. Wow. And 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 then somebody's going to have to invent a new tax to administer the shit that they just did on that little cycle. And you know what I'm suspecting is there's going to be a, a need for a new bureaucratic organization that'll monitor this grift. Right. What I'm curious about, and I'm trying to find some information right now, is is car insurance more? Actually, and then you could take it a step further and get twenty five hundred to seventy five hundred dollars from the federal IRS. So you can get close to ten thousand dollars in a tax credit. Well, and you all would, you got to do is pay two hundred bucks. You would need to though, because what, what I'm reading here is that it's it's fifty to one hundred percent more for the average car insurer to insure an electric model versus a conventional gas model and they're very expensive to repair replace etc so out of the gate you know that's that's the thing about electric cars that have always killed me is i couldn't even afford it let alone the fact that it wouldn't get me where i needed to go and back well i i don't really believe that the people should be paying for other people's insurance right when it comes to their electric vehicle car just because it's more expensive that is incredible that the government subsidizes that. Darn. That is absolutely incredible. Well, you know, it's it, the. I mean, we talk about the government subsidizing stuff, and they call it like so they, glad it's incentivizing. that neighbor of mine's right. working three jobs. Right, man. All right, next news story. I, I'm sorry. It's I'm kind just, of a bummer, huh? Well, well it's just let's it's, let's, let's the, the revolution of how much you can profit off of an EV vehicle. Well, just think about if you leased one, can you get all this stuff? Yeah. Do you get do you get all these credits if you lease it? That would be awesome if he got paid $1,000 a month to, to lease, lease something for 200 Yeah, because I, I was always taught leasing was the worst thing you could do. At least not during this transition. No, no. Right the, now, this uh, is probably the time to do it. The few people I've talked to with the uh, Teslas and the other ones, mm-hmm. that they're leasing them. Yeah. yeah. They don't. It's, they a, don't it's, a, it's a wait and see. They approach. don't want the battery. They don't want the $35,000 battery replacement. That's another thing. How do you, uh, where do you go to recycle that? Can you imagine the, the used market for, for EV cars? Oh, you've got about, oh, I don't know, 15,000 miles, and then you got to get a new battery for 40 grand. Right. Oh. And we can't drive gas anymore? Yeah, Is that what we're saying? It changes the dynamic quite a bit. So it's it's a bike or (laughs) it's a bicycle. Boy, I haven't used that word in a while. Bicycle or or the public bus or Uber, I guess. You need to check out on YouTube. You can find it. It was a really horrible movie made in like 1980. It's got got Lee Majors in it. Go on. It's a Canadian production. Oh, wow. It's got got Burgess Meredith. Whew. And two of the actors from the comedy classic Meatballs. So you've got the six million dollar man. You've got the six million dollar. You got man. Rocky's Rock. manager. Come on, Rock! Tear your arm off and beat you to death with it. Where Mr. T was so scary, he gave him a heart attack. He, didn't he punch him? Anyway, so no, the no, movie no, is called him, The him. Last Chase. They wouldn't punch Bird. No, they wouldn't punch, punch an old man. You can't punch Burgess Murray. Uh, Apollo Creed. What's his name? Um, Carl Weathers. Paul, Paul Creed, he got punched by Dolph Lundgren yeah. in the movie. He died from punching. I, I assume that would happen. But the old Dolph Lundgren uh, punched me. I'd probably go back in time if he punched me. Burgess Meredith? Yeah. The old man from Grumpy Old Men? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you mount her? Anyways, go on with your story. So, Last Chase, horrible movie. You can find it on YouTube. In some sort of pandemic. That's a ap- good movie. After some sort of pandemic, government takes over, outlaws gasoline vehicles. 
makes everything electric. He's a race car driver. They make him become part of this new electric uh, transportation. He goes in and he gives speeches about how he was a race car driver, but it's better now because we've got electric vehicles. Digs up his race car that he's got hidden in his garage underneath the ground, decides to drive out to, you'll love this, California, which is apparently a hippie paradise where they, check this, allow you to burn gas whenever you want manifest destiny right mm-hmm. so it's a cross-country trip burgess meredith plays a uh, a retired air force pilot that is sent in an airplane to kill him so this was easy it's, rider it's, in a car it's plane versus car yeah movie. well and motorcycle easy rider with well uh, yeah there's Peter less cocaine Fonda and uh dennis hopper dennis hopper yeah. and jack nicholson ja- very first. young jack that Nichols- was his first That's role right, nurse ratchet he stole so, it last chase horrible movie Unfortunately, it's like Nostradamus stuff, man, except for the Lee Majors part. Yeah. It's a different spin on the Road Warrior. Well, it just makes me think about because it is all about control. Mm -hmm. They watch everything he does. Right. Oh. And, well, yeah, because oh. because he goes to junkyards at night because he has this fascination with the way things used to be. They lock up gas pumps. I mean, it's it's it, it was such a blatant message at the height of the energy crisis, nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty. Uh, I just think it's it's hilarious that it's relevant now. Check it out, Last Chase, Lee Majors. <laughs> Business idea, okay? YouTube channel, core samples of dumps. Core samples of okay, you just this could go a couple ways. So you explain you, like you grab a core sample, which okay. you know, and and you know, in the Antarctic, what mm-hmm. is it like the size of a softball? Yeah, and, and they're they, like a tube. It's right? like a tube, a yeah. cylinder. If okay, you will. get your tube. So you you do that. Maybe mm-hmm. it's you know foot radius, mm-hmm. and you go down a hundred whatever. You go down to the bottom. Okay, pull up, see what's there. See what's there. Take a look at the eras of pop culture and food and Big Macs. <laughs> I mean, well, the Big Mac you could probably still eat. Right. That probably would just be just oh, delicious. Man. Oh, the secret sauce, just perfect at that point. Yeah, it really, the mm. glaze, the way it solidifies. Get the oh. McRib next to there it's and everything. It's scary that that kind of food doesn't ever mold. Dumps fascinate <laughs> me just because of the, the untold treasures oh, yeah. that persist there. and. I, I think that'll actually probably, they'll be dump miners just to get precious metals. I mean, Scrap if, metals. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they're ripping them out of trailers and... Uh, yeah, people um, breaking into under, construction sites to tear copper out. And, under the uh, Cadillac converters. Oh, that's you know, that right. Sort of that's thing. That, pull, yeah, palladium why, why is that palladium. a thing? They're going after the palladium. Palladium. Yeah. That's right. So, all right, what's the next news story? Okay, so this comes from Carlsbad. Oh, New, New Mexico. Mexico. I spent a week there one night. <laughs> so there's a billboard on Highway US Highway 285 posted by the Power of the Future, which indicates a disconnection between oil and gas workers in New Mexico and state leaders. The sign says, Dear Santa Fe, you're fracking welcome, New Mexico's energy workers. That's awesome. It is great. It's snarky. It's fantastic. However... I'm gonna be the guy. Gonna I'm gonna be. It. I'm gonna be the 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 elephant in the room. This is an example, and I don't know if these people have been getting the same money from the same people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have no idea who this group is, but what I can tell you is this is the same strategy that's been tried for ten years. The snark. The 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 yes. Yeah. But there, it's a little more than snark. There's there's a little bit of uh, fu involved there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, when somebody threat when you feel like your livelihood is threatened, right? Yeah, and and that didn't play well in Colorado. Yeah. 
And I don't like to see this in New Mexico. Well, this is this is a you're right. It's funny. It's snarky. It gets your attention. But like some of the other stuff we've talked about is it doesn't move the conversation in a way that's going to be helpful. The Kumbaya potatoes, the the dapple smoked potato, ESG certified potatoes of inclusion. Oh, Dude, and these flows right off the mouth, doesn't it, folks? Like the, a warm butter. That, that, that would, okay, I'm not trying to, you know, pat ourselves on the back, but I'll just say as a juxtaposition, we'll take the other route because that was our way to educate and make things aware. Yeah. And what ended up happening is somebody went up to Tiffany Steiner, the co-founder of the Bakken Barbecue at the Williston Basin Conference and said, did you hear? Right. It's already out there, man. People are talking about it in a positive way, and it's kind of ridiculous. Well, it's... Did you hear they're doing a vegetarian option to put your barbecue on? How right. fun. Yeah. I mean, I prefer that route with connecting people. Yeah. Because, listen, you can connect with fear. You certainly can. That's easy and cheap. It's easy, cheap, but it doesn't get you a lot of results. And it's not real sustainable long term. And you can connect with, you know, um, what's, what's motivation, inspiring, and uh, what's the word? What's the word um, what did Chris Treger and 30 Rock always do? He would um, validate people. And yeah, empower them. Impo- eh, yeah, but he would compliment them, yeah. okay? Yeah. That sort of thing. And that, that can work against it, too, yep. because people rest on their laurels. I've always just done humor. Because, you know, yeah. that's just my... A little self-deprecation, a little bit of just, you know, uh, it normalizes you. It's, it's my way of dealing with difficult situations. Absolutely. And that's not everybody's bag. No. No, people who like to use fear, they do not like humor at no. all. Some they like, just like to break things. They like their form of humor. Mm-hmm. And you can laugh at this time for right. this amount of... And this yeah. decimals. Yeah. And won't that be fun? Yeah. And then we'll all go out for vanilla ice cream. That's like Jimmy from sixth grade, the bully, man. <laughs> I remember that guy. I, I don't remember that no, guy. I remember Jimmy. Wait a minute. Was I Jimmy? <laughs> all right. Let's see what we got next year. Did yeah, you get you the got... Adam Sandler story? No. Oh, about the IHOP? No. Adam Sandler is an uncut gem playing basketball at the park. This is from right. Rick Dicker, Ron Dicker, general assignment reporter, Huffington Post. You ready for this? Okay. I'll do this. Maybe it's the energy he's getting from all those IHOP milkshakes. Oh, I knew they were going to throw that reference in. Why? Because he got turned away at an IHOP a week or two ago. Okay. The person didn't know it was him. I thought maybe he was well, looking at the picture. I wouldn't either. Well, he's, he got a mask like a, on. he's got he's like a his beard. Yeah. And, oh, with the mask on, he actually looks like normal because of his eyes and his forehead. <laughs> but when you have his beard on out playing basketball, you can't recognize him at all. But anyway, okay, so maybe it's the energy he's getting from all those IHOP milkshakes. Comedian Adam Sandler, who recently went viral for going unrecognized by a host at a pancake restaurant, burned up the internet again by playing pickup basketball in Long Island over the weekend. Watch clips below. Rocking a baggy salmon polo and shorts, the 54-year-old Hubie Halloween star can be seen in clips dribbling at ball up court, setting a quick screen and passing to his teammates who both miss. Even celebrities can be unselfish. And then it continues, it continues, it continues. This is a very talented writer, yeah. and it is just absolutely breaks my heart to see his talent going there. Well, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what uncut fits into the uh, headline, especially since he's jewish he's clearly circumcised rocking a baggy salmon polo and shorts that is tremendous writing that is tremendous writing okay 
The 54-year-old Hubie Halloween star can be seen in clips dribbling the ball up court, setting a quick screen, and passing to teammates who both miss. This guy knows what he's talking about, or he knows how to research. Right. This dude is a fabulous writer, uh, Ron Dicker. General assignment reporter for the Huffington Post. Sounds like he'd be a good. Why are you covering Adam Sandler? Right, that's what you're, you got you're the, the short straw. You do not work for People Magazine. <laughs> you do not work for TMZ. You work for the Huffington Post. Ron Dicker's boss. Why are you having Ron Dicker cover Adam Sandler playing uncut gem basketball? At the park as a follow up. Is Uncut Jim a type time. of game? Hello. Uh, a actor who was popular 30 years ago who now is Netflix only wasn't recognized by someone at an IHOP. Yep. That's news. You know, I think why. got the climate tax going on. Yeah. <laughs> this is news. Yep. And Sorry, it, was, it was security footage that, that was caught of it, right? Because the, uh, the, the IHOP hostess didn't, you know, told him it was going to be 20, 30 minute wait, didn't recognize him. And, you know, he was very nice, apparently, with his son, decided not to wait and left. And it wasn't until afterwards that it blew up. But, I mean, shoot, I wouldn't recognize him. This poor guy, he's probably fighting with his boss every single Dude, day. They he probably, come up with content all the time. He probably man. wants to go out and write some big story. This dude's got talent, right? And so all of a sudden, uh, what you go cover Adam Sandler? I heard he's uh, playing basketball in the park. Dude, the coveted Adam Sandler beat? That's what everybody's <laughs> after. <laughs> heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River The Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It's an important part of what goes on in the state and safety is is really important, obviously, to all of us. Absolutely, you know, the, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean, uh, the President Biden's administration that this is Obama Biden 2.0 plus and the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move. 
And I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of America. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing, what I think sometimes is just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company <laughs> pulling an electric car? So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at Whiting, our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to GAM.AI. That's Great American Mining, GAM.AI. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. 
Welcome back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. Sean Forbes, of course, with us as our guest host this week. How are you doing, Sean? I'm fantastic. I'm excited to have our guests here. Let's today. get right to our guest right now. we got Kevin Black with Credence Energy. How are you doing, man? Hey, good morning, Jason. Credence Energy Services. Yes, yes. Thanks so much for having us. Privilege to be here. Now, let's talk about your background really quickly because you're born and bred North Dakota, correct? Born and raised, yeah. Born in Williston. Uh, grew up all over the state a little bit. Went to NDSU. Where so. were you bred then? Born and bred in North Dakota. Uh, yeah, uh, been in Minot now for the last 10 years. It's where our family lives. And uh, uh, Credence was started in 2014, just three cousins trying to figure out how to start a business. And uh, since then, we've grown over 150 employees across North Dakota, Texas, Oklahoma. And so uh, it's been a, it's been a really remarkable ride. And we're, we've got a phenomenal team with this here at the conference. Uh, we brought about 14 uh, of our team members. And so we're we're canvassing the, the 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 floor here today and making a lot of great connections well i'll tell you what we had ken hall on with the mha nation and he said the theme was you know teamwork partnership yeah one of the reasons sean forbes and i teamed up is because this year we understood strength in numbers as well as you got to offer more yeah you just have to people right now they need to know that people are going to be there and they and strength in numbers really offers that security that a lot of people are looking for does that make sense but you said something really important you know how do you do more with less and during these really challenging economic times uh, what we all went through with covid and negative oil prices right uh industries demanding innovation and so we have to figure out a way to do more with less which is exactly uh why we partner you talk about partnering right we partnered with uh Marty Shumway and uh, Locust Bioenergy, uh, a phenomenal uh, technology startup out of uh, Ohio um, with operations in in Texas as well. And so they developed what's called a biosurfactant. Um, They've been around for a long time, and Marty can talk about it, but their secret sauce is really figuring out how to commercialize them to a level where they could be uh, uh, economically viable in the oil and gas industry. And so these biosurfactants, we use them for enhanced oil recovery. Uh, We've already done a couple trials in North Dakota. We're seeing really, really exciting results. You know, sustained increase in oil production from 50 to 75 percent, and so uh, we think you know it's not it's not the whole piece to the puzzle, but it's a piece of the puzzle uh, for enhanced oil recovery. And so these are really important for low producing wells that are on the verge of, let's say, plug and abandonment. Absolutely. Well, they're heading that way, right? We're really targeting right now those wells that are below 100 barrels a day, you know, somewhere between 20 and 100 barrels a day that are pretty much flatlined heading heading downward, right? So the, the trial wells we actually did were drilled in 2009 and 2008, so uh, older Bakken wells. But maybe these guys can touch a little well, bit more. I'd like to just jump in for a second here, and I know Sean's got some questions as well on some of the chemistry behind it and the environmental side because a lot of buzzwords being floating around these uh, conferences, sustainability, marketing, well, no, some of the other ones, environmental, you know, whatever it might be. ESG. ESG. Yes. Uh, two things. Number one, we had a guest on yesterday that said you guys, if, if, they, if she was a betting woman, she named two companies and you were one of the two that she named as wow. far as the future of the business, okay? Number two, Martin, Lotus or Locus Bioenergy 
Kate Hornbrook says you guys do some great work down there. She's out of, of course, the Permian Basin with Aces Completions. What's say Aces Fluid now? They just merged with another company. So hand that microphone over to Martin, and let's talk a little bit about what you do and why uh, one of our guests, Kate Hornbrook, has uh, given you such a glowing recommendation. Sure. So so Kate Hornbrook has a, has a history with Locust Bioenergy. She actually is from Ohio, and she worked for me in Ohio for a period of time. So I know her real well. But talking a little bit about the... Um, the environmental impact of what we're doing. You know, this this biosurfactant that we make, the feedstocks for it are, are naturally produced things like like oils and sugar, right? So the way the surfactant is made is in an above ground fermentation vessel with very low emissions. It can be built and, and manufactured in short periods of time and put in light industrial plants without permitting and things like that. So contrast that with chemical surfactants which are reacted at high temperature, high energy usage and, and have some toxicity associated with them. The biosurfactant is is biodegradable over time when exposed to the atmosphere. So we offer a lot of um, ESG type benefits for producers that are looking to, to reduce their impact of synthetic chemicals. And, and the ability of the surfactant to perform in the reservoirs over a long period of time and see those production increases is really what we're focused on right now. So we, you know, we partnered with Credence as the Williston Basin being a, a great place for this chemistry to be, and we're really excited to get things going with Credence and uh, continue working with them. So let's talk about your approach to customers and improving their production. You have products and technologies. Do you have different chemical solutions? I mean, you know, of course, wells behave differently depending on where their production level is at, what type of corrosion you're getting. You know, do you have different solutions for different well behaviors? Or? Absolutely. I mean, we have a full suite of, I don't know how many, how many chemicals are in the product line right now, but it feels like it changes every week, which is a little bit faster than, I, than sometimes I'd like. But no, I mean, whether it's, that's actually, you know, this is a, outside of our wheelhouse this with this biosurfactant normally it's corrode it's corrosion inhibitors um, you know for as the industry involved in the last couple of years we really had to develop more corrosion inhibitors that handle higher uh, fluid velocities um, and just the mechanical shear of ripping off the chemistry from the that protective layer from the film um, mineral scale dep uh, de preventing mineral scale deposition um, ways that we can attach that into the formation and get it upstream of the problem and Prevent, uh, stop with some different deliverability challenges, but so, but being able to bring this is a kind of a this is a new one is uh, that the biosurfactant. What does it do? What does it do? All right, well, it's going to enhance oil recovery by basically three different mechanisms: changing the wettability of the rock, so changing the uh, the the preference affinity of the mineral formation towards water, away from oil, so that oil would kind of escape off the rock and beat up and then be, be able to be mobilized. It reduces the interfacial tension, so think of that as kind of like the friction between the oil and the water, just making it easier to pull out of the ground, and it reduces the surface tension of the of the fluids itself, so that it's, uh, so you, re you, you required less capillary pressure to lift the fluid itself. Um, those are the three ways it works, and those are the three ways that anyone with a surfactant will tell you that, that it's gonna work. We think we're, we have something different. We have a few differentiating factors. Number one, performance. Uh, Locust Energy's team 
is, their research lab is incredible at tailoring for specific fluid systems along with the mineral, mineral systems so that we're getting the best bang for our buck on performance and that's without these next two differentiators which I don't think anyone can touch and that, that second one is adsorption desorption properties so it actually absorbs onto the rock and will slowly uh, come off as you produce wash off as you produce so you're getting a long term sustained effect rather than just kind of pumping it down there and once it's flushed backed up it's done and then the last one is the micelle size and that's the cool one that's a little bit of the that's a little bit of the catchy headline is that small particle size is the particle size is less than two nanometers um, it's actually smaller than human dna um, besides being a cool bar piece of bar trivia uh, that's relevant because the poor throats in the bakken over 70 you know probably safe to say about 75 percent of the poor throat of the unfractured part uh, parts of the Bakken and three forks are less than 20 nanometers previous nanosurfactants they're going to be about that size so without even you know and there may be some agglomeration of those different micelles so even before the agglomeration they're having a hard time getting through that uh getting through that poor throat already so we can we we believe that we can mobilize and penetrate deeper in the formation mobilize previously untouched untouched oil how often are you pumping these chemicals is it a daily no, it's a it's kind of a one time or it's it's a periodic application. So we're I mean we're hoping for because of that absorption desorption, we're hoping for effects of you know 300, 400, maybe even 500 days. Well, that's kind of in our pilot to see uh, how much we can get. But you know that's the goal is like yearly treatments and we can kind of measure we can measure the effects that are still hanging on the fluid to see how much an effect is still being realized by the well and how much we can attribute the increased production response above its uh, expected decline curve but uh, that's a uh, that's part of the pilot but we're optimistic that we can maybe do this about yearly it sounds really promising and i think it's going to be a huge solution for companies like really economical right i mean it's going to pay for itself very quickly Talk a little bit about the economics. I mean, what the heck? We got people listening. So, uh, first of all, I know it's pretty obvious at this point, but I do like to ask people point blank, who is your customer? Because this is a really diverse industry, and for some people, it's just the operator, but for some people, it's just like the truckers, and that's it. So, who's who is your customer, yeah, and so our how can you save money? <laughs> well, our customers are the operators. That's okay, right. So yeah. we're, we're, we're really fortunate. We, we work with over uh, 40 operators here in the Bakken. We work for 19 of the top 20 producers, and so when you think of the, the, big, uh, the big name players, we're, we're working for them. And we're really grateful for that opportunity. I think another big differentiator about this solution is we're talking about a low capex investment. You know, we're not talking a multi-million dollar um, refrac or something like that. We're, we're a fraction of that. And I think what is so incredible is on um, Eric mentioned we, we've actually done two trial wells. Uh, north of kind of the partial area um, and these wells after 40 days uh, have actually already paid for the treatment they're sustaining production at about 50 to 75 percent increase over the the previous forecast uh, and so that means if we sustain that 50 percent increase over the course of a year this well will roi two and a half times so uh, you're re-energizing the well, well basically, well, well, with a very well, low intrusive process. We are. Uh, a very low capex, uh, very low footprint. That's another great thing. You talk about ESG and footprints. I mean, we can pump this away with a single frac pump, some frac tanks, and we don't have a huge footprint. So low emission in, term of, in terms of applying the job. Um, 
but and then also not we have a very small shut-in period less than 10 days um, so operators aren't losing out on a bunch of production you know so uh, there's a, a lot of economic benefits to this uh, and what's fun to start thinking about is okay you do this on one well you get 20 extra barrels a day cool uh, but think there are over 15,000 wells now in the Bakken that are making less than 150 barrels a day right that's incredible um, and if we don't frack you know, between 60 or 70 wells per month, we are not making enough new production to sustain the depletion curve of our wells. I mm-hmm. think you understand that. And so if we aren't, if we aren't bringing these new technologies to this, this, the table, you know, it's not unreasonable to think that North Dakota production is going to, you know, kind of start sloughing off to that 900 to a million barrels a day. That that is a big impact on our our workers, on our industry, and, and on the state of North Dakota from a tax revenue perspective. So, what we get excited about is, okay, apply that 20 barrels of increased incremental production across a thousand wells, five thousand wells, ten thousand wells, and now we're talking. A really, really impressive increase in production. Of course, you know we're not going to get there tomorrow, but um, we are very, um, we're very hopeful given these first early trial results. So, positive momentum, right? That's that's all you can really ask for nowadays. Yeah, I mean, just keep moving ahead. Yep. Reinvention, you know, reinvent, strengthen numbers. I did. I, I got to run to a meeting, Sean. So I'm going to have you close up this interview. We got a television station that wants to bring the crude life to the hey, television. Right. There you show. go. But before we go, Martin, Martin, I did want to give you this. This year is a big supporter of the crude life, Eric Hatch. Now, Kevin, you can talk about Eric Hatch if you want, but he's Good my friend. son's godfather, okay? Okay. And Eric Hatch is one of the most successful entrepreneurs in North Dakota, and he did it by reinventing the real estate industry. So he's a he comes from a uh, youth uh pastorship if you will he's a youth leader and so he brought a lot of those dynamics that he brought into the real estate market and through that he was able to literally reinvent the industry to where no one's doing anything like him he went from a mid-level realtor at keller williams to he's the number one real estate company in north dakota and last what was he 64th in the nation last i saw and my sister actually works for I Eric, know, that's so. why I that's why I'm kind of chuckling. Well, we, we bring guy. these out for some heavyweights like yourself, you know. Thank you. You bet. You know, we interviewed uh, Jerry Simmons at Depa. We gave him. We, we present it to those individuals who may want to bring in Eric to present to their staff because Eric does a awesome job just being a cheerleader like i say he comes from youth ministry so he knows how to really connect in a new way but he reinvents he makes you think outside the box and when you leave when he's done kevin you've met him before is that guy a ball of energy or what i've met him many times i've been to his leadership seminar oh you have so what's his stolen a lot of his content (laughs) (laughs) you know what he does seriously he we sat down one day because we him and i we talk back and forth this and he was first starting out he was you know marketing right and we were going through different ideas, and I can't remember the dollar amount or whatever it was, but I just said, hey, you can either buy a thousand, you know, pens to hand out at your deal. You can hire somebody for minimum wage and have them go door to door and knock, or you can throw a big old party in your in your in your parking lot and invite everybody. And that's what he does every single year. I don't know if that's 
eventually where it came from, but I'll tell you what, he does that, he does date night, where he gives out what a, a bottle of wine and, and like a pizza. A pizza, and he does anyway. He's just really outside the box thinking. So I wanted to present that book to you, also because Kevin was here, and I know his sister works for Eric Thank as you. well. I but appreciate it very much. You bet. So if you, if, if you guys need a good spark plug, Eric Hatch is the one to call. Sean Forbes, I'm going to hand it off to you, and I got to go to a meeting. Thanks, guys. I do apologize. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. All right, Kevin, this is our third day of the show, and I can't tell you how many people have come by this booth to say, you need to interview Credence. I mean, I think people are really excited about your technology. They're bragging about it. They're, they're trying to explain how your technology works and the benefit of it. And we're, we're all not technical people. I'm not a technical guy. I know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to do the job, actually. Um, but... We talked about some of the benefits that your product does downhole. Right. Let's talk about some of the things that you're eliminating above ground. Right. There are workover processes. Sometimes yeah. they're necessary, like, right. you know, changing tubing yeah. out. But as far as re-stimulating the well and things like that, you're el- eliminating, like you said, the, your footprint. Right. So let's well, talk about. yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful conference, and uh, first I just got to give a big shout out to Ron Ness and Carrie Cutting and the whole staff at the Petroleum Council. I mean, um, I, I'm sure a lot of people were, were wondering would we have this conference, and I'm so glad we did. It's so good to see uh, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of friends that we haven't seen in, in a long time, and. Uh, We've been really grateful. They, they, they gave us an hour uh, or on a panel on uh, Tuesday on day one to share our technology on the main stage. And uh, that's really, we got very fortunate on that one. And so thank you to them for that. Um, so it's given us a platform to share the technology. Um, you know, like Eric said, um, this is a new thing for us. Enhanced oil recovery is a new thing. Our, our roots, our bread and butter, our corrosion inhibitors, scale inhibitors, and um, all those products, to your point, are aimed for one thing, and that is to reduce failures. That's why production chemicals exist, right? It, um, uh, we, we've never really been in the hand soil side. We've always been in the how do we save downtime, how do we cut failure costs, how do we prevent failure, so you don't have to have the rig moving in every couple of months, you know, to work the well over. Um, this is unique. I mean, uh, what we're—I guess what we're doing on surface is we're, we're just we're ultimately making more oil. I mean, that—that's—that's that's the big thing here. But we can do it with a really small footprint, and um, you don't have to be there every day injecting chemical. We're not continuously injecting chemical. It's a—it's a one-time shot that we're—we're we're designed to at least last about a year, but. If you guys want to add anything, and from what I understand, the benefits are pretty much instantaneous. They are. I mean, it's not kind of a delayed reaction. It's maybe you can speak to like just the water aspect. You know, we pumped about almost three thousand barrels of water down with this with this biosurfactant, um, and we've actually seen an increase in in oil cuts. So. Yeah, and that one is a. We're still trying to figure out the the why of that one, but. Um, maybe maybe some influence on pump rate, but it could just be the changing of that wet, of the wettability of, of the rock. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the those were wells that were ballparking 20 barrels of oil a day and five barrels of water, so that's actually a pretty good scenario for the Bakken, but uh, they've maintained their water production at that five while experiencing the increase, so they're actually, they're actually getting a much better uh, oil cut 
uh, from that from those two assets. Um, as far as like the pretty instantaneous, uh, we'll, we have a pretty short shut-in period, um, at least compared to a lot of other technologies. Less than ten days um, is going to be, I would think, cover almost every scenario that we can imagine. And I imagine as you're developing this, you'll probably improve that shutdown period over time. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Optimizing the treatments. And that's that's the reason for doing these treatments in the first place up here in the in the Bakken and these new formations was to kind of understand what the behavior looks like. And then, of course, we'll optimize it as we learn as we learn more and get yeah. more application data in. So you're targeting the North Dakota Williston Basin, Bakken areas. Are you going to be branching out to other basins, or you're trying to maybe perfect the technology here and then figure out what the other basins or behavior looks like and adjust? Well, we started off, in the, in, at least in the Williston Basin, and the Locust has already had its operations in the Northeast and uh, in, and in West Texas. Um, now, we, we started off with Bakken Wells. Obviously, that's not the only formation out there uh, in, in the Williston Basin. We have a lot of Madison Wells still pumping. Um, I'm, from, uh, I'm from the rugby area, not too far from where the spearfish activity is. I, don't mind, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't mind uh, stopping out and collecting a sample on the way to the lake. So I've, I'm all for he- heading up to the spearfish as well. Um, with Red River, you know, maybe there's some Tyler Formation stuff t- too. So we have some opportunities to branch out into different into different uh, horizontal targets in the in the Williston Basin. But I mean, yeah, absolutely. We we don't think that the Williston Basin is the limit for this at all. I mean, that's we're unfortunately, you know, that for us, for me, the North Dakota guy, it's uh, unfortunate that we actually do have a little case studies from other places. So it actually has been proven out very effectively in other places. But um, you know, there are. There's still some. Uh, there's still some other basins out there on on the that I haven't been introduced to this technology. And the best part is, you know, we know there's going to be skeptics. Is is this surfactant going to work? Right. There's been surfactants have been around since the beginning of the oil and gas industry. The best part is you are going to see a result right away. It's yeah. either going to work or it's not going to work. And it's a very easy uh, thing to measure. Are we making more oil or are we not? And uh, the results have been instantaneous for us. And so that's really exciting. I think another, uh, as we think about branching out and, and getting into other formations here in North Dakota, uh, perhaps uh, one of the most exciting parts of this is, as Marty alluded to, is that uh, the ingredients that are used to ferment the biosurfactants are found right here in North Dakota. They're some of North Dakota's largest agricultural products, vegetable oils and sugar. And we have an abundance of sugar on the uh, on the eastern and the western uh, sides of the state. And obviously, we make a lot of uh, a lot of grains here. And so, products where we can extract uh, oils from those products and manufacture the chemical or the the biosurfactants right here in North Dakota, which I think would be a a great success story, a great story to tell. Actually, you're literally manufacturing a bridge between egg and energy. And uh, the governor said it uh, yesterday. He he made some big news yesterday and issued some big challenges. And he even even uh, said that someday he believes. In North Dakota, they'll be the world's largest egg and energy combined conference someday. He predicted that, which I kind of got a chuckle out of because that's you know it's literally what we're we're trying to do it's here. It's a marriage is, is of natural resources. Absolutely, right. and, that, right. and that's what makes it that sustainable uh, system, right? Where uh, ESG people are clamoring and you know requiring ESG initiatives in the companies they invest in, and uh, we believe we can check that box for a lot of operators uh, to deploy ESG friendly technologies like ours goes a long way so 
I'm glad you brought that up. So if you were to create a brochure with bullet points to say, we check your box on your investment in ESG, what things would you say? So, so I think, and I'll and I'll I'll let Eric answer too. But I think, as far as the uh, you know chemical use in the in the oil field, being able to use something that's biodegradable and sustainably produced, and it's not hydrocarbon based as a chemistry, is yes. pretty unique. You know, most of the chemistries that are used are based on other hydrocarbons, and so that the price fluctuates with the price of crude oil, whereas the price for our raw materials is ag- agnostic to the price of oil. So when yeah. the price of oil is very high, most oil field chemical prices go up with that. And so we have that advantage of being able to be, you know, functional and, and ESG is absolutely the buzzword, but you know, at this point in the development of the company, I mean, we're focusing primarily on performance and the ESG is is a bolt-on to the value that we add. Yes. Um, but if you're not performing in the oil field, better than existing chemistries, then then it's a tough sell, right? right. But if, if the ESD comes along with a, a product that has superior performance and offers other benefits, it's a much easier uh, Absolutely. Yes, and so. I think your, your formula with using some of the resources here locally in agriculture work towards your transparency. Sure. And, and another thing to add, I mean, when we talk about conservation of resources, right? So, you know, in the in, in most unconventional shale plays that the oil in place there before the wells are drilled, I mean, we're recovering probably less than 15% of that original oil in place. And so with this technology and the ability to increase that you know, recoverable oil a couple of percentage points over the life of that well. It's a massive, you know, conservation effort too. Yes. And well, it's like a magic filtration system. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> and, and deferring like. the 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 drilling of new wells to maintain the production, as as Kevin mentioned. You know, and if there's a capex, low capex way to do that in existing infrastructure, I mean, it's a huge you know environmental benefit to to be able to produce more oil out of these older wells. Right. And I think you know the frequency of how often you have to, you know, put stuff downhole is reducing the manpower and sure. the number of trucks driving to and from the location. So yeah, I but also providing possibility of manufacturing locally, which would provide jobs and, you know, incentives absolutely. for agriculture and things like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Eric, I know you have a, a bunch of information that you would love to tell people about. Well, the... the <laughs> That's an open-ended one. You gotta, be, you gotta be careful about giving me that. Um, one, one thing, uh, one thing that you did say earlier that I, I that struck with me is you said this is really promising technology. Uh, a really good friend of mine, uh, Jay Schroeder, has a saying: um, "Really lucky, but it's not an accident." And it is really promising technology, and we're, we're, we are really where we are really uh, lucky to be a part of it, but it's not an accident. I uh, Two people who aren't with us right now, um, Amir Mahmoud Khani uh, in the Woodlands Lab in Janina. I know she's a, I think I hope I didn't mess up her name, but they're leaders in that research facility for locusts in the, in the Woodlands, and hundreds if not thousands of hours went into tailoring this product, um, evaluating different blends, creating new blends to make sure that we had we had a uh, surfactant system that was going to create that response in uh, in the Bakken, and uh, they're not done yet. They're it's going to be the spearfish. It's going to be the Madison. Um, they're going to we're going to even you know 
I don't know if I'm allowed to uh, go on the next steps, but we're trying to evaluate. Right now, we pump it down with fresh water. We would love to uh, start mixing in produced water to limit to reduce that need of fresh water. That works from again and from an ESG perspective and from a renewable cost. standpoint it, as well. Cost resp- perspective yes. as well. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of hit checks check marks three boxes, and I, don't, I I think we would be remiss to not express our gratitude to that team because it's a it's promising because of the the hard work of, of people like that innovation yeah and and likewise from our side finding a partner like credence energy is has been amazing for us and you know great company to work with and we're always impressed with what they're doing up here and we're just happy to be a part of what they're doing in the williston basin and other basins too as they continue to grow and expand so we're looking forward to a long relationship (laughs) yeah i'm excited to see you guys grow and evolve and i appreciate your, your time and being here today we're excited too. Um, we're, hope, we're hoping Kevin's on the main stage again next year with uh, <laughs> and uh, the N on our uh, exa- sample set's going to be quite a bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy well, guy. Well, no, thank you for having us. Uh, we love what the crude life does to uh, tell stories. I mean, that's so important. The, the oil and gas industry is so vital to not just the state of North Dakota, but the energy independence of this country. And you guys, you, you do a phenomenal job of allowing, of just getting the stories out there, yeah. right? And shining a, shining a positive light on what's being done. And that's that doesn't happen enough. And uh, it's up to us to tell our story. Otherwise, someone's going to tell it for us. And uh, just thanks for having us and keep up the great work. Awesome. Good luck, you guys. Wish Thank you the you. best. Thanks Thank for the book. <laughs> Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. heard on the crude life morning show play hard work hard is by the moody river band interested in becoming a sponsor email studio at the crude the crude life play hard work hard is sponsored in part by great american mining monetizes wasted stranded and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for bitcoin mining Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to gam.ai. That's Great American Mining, GAM. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. 
It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Speece. My name is Jason Speece and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who recently challenged the audience at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference in Bismarck, North Dakota, that the Bakken should become carbon neutral by the end of the decade, if not carbon negative. This is Governor Burgum's comments from the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. It's absolutely naive to think that we can solve the problem by cutting capital off from the industry that's producing the world's energy. We need to drive capital towards this industry so that we can raise the amount of R&D that's going on in this industry so that we can solve those problems. We've hit the geologic jackpot in North Dakota, not only with our billions of barrels of oil, our 800 years of lignite supply and our productive soil, but we also have hit the geologic jackpot with our potential to sequester CO2. The estimates we have today indicate that we have the capacity to store over 250 billion tons of CO2. That's enough to sequester North Dakota's annual production of CO2 for 8,400 years. Governor Burgum, who frequently points out that his approach to the problem solving is innovation, not regulation. We've got things like Project Tundra, which we know will be online later this decade. Coal Creek carbon storage, best management practices in agriculture. That's going to be huge. 90% of North Dakota is either a farm or a ranch and we can get carbon stored in our soil and in our rangeland. We can store carbon from ethanol plants. Summit Carbon Solutions Projects are working on this and we know that we've got people working on enhanced recoil recovery. Talked to Denbury last night. They're bringing CO2 into the state to do enhanced oil recovery in the Bowman area. They will put a ton of CO2 down hole for every barrel that comes out and they could be producing carbon negative oil. And that was North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. For more exclusive interviews, industry news, and fantastic features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts at our social media pages from the Facebooks to the YouTubes, Twitters, and LinkedIn's. Check out thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media page. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest.
Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard is by the Moody River Band.
comes in right between the ocean and your skin.